You are now listening to Canadian Plastics Magazine's podcast series on resin supply, demand, and pricing during COVID-19. I'm your host, Mark Stephen, the editor of Canadian Plastics Magazine. In part five of our series, we continue our conversation with Jeremy Pafford, head of North America Market Development for Petrochemical Market Analyst ICIS, which is based out of Houston. Jeremy has been with ICIS since 2013 and specializes in petrochemical markets in North and South America and has more than 20 years' experience in the news and publishing industry. In this episode, Jeremy will give an overview of the North American engineering resins market, including pricing trends and new capacity coming online that will determine supply, demand, and pricing for engineering resins during this unprecedented pandemic. The engineering resins marketplaces are are very much beholden to some of the economic um, trends that are going on right now. And obviously with some depressed uh, economic conditions, they are suffering. Particularly when I talk about engineering resins, I think about uh, ABS, polycarbonate or PC. Um, I think about nylon. I think about PMMA or, or polymethylmethacrylate. And a couple of those there, very broadly, they, they, they're very much tied to automotive. They're tied to uh, consumer, what I call consumer discretionary goods, non-durables, things that are, that are not staples, I should say. And from that, in a time when there is the great economic uncertainty, when, there are, when people are losing their jobs left and right, there is less willingness to spend on that new electronic gadget or that new computer. Or if you're talking about nylon, uh, replacing the carpet in the house, nylon being a, a very important fact, uh, fabric within there. All of these typically have some kind of exposure to the automobile industry, which is suffering uh, greatly through the shutdowns that have occurred uh, at plants, as well as, as what was tepid auto demand and now is very poor to non-existent automobile demand in North America uh, and globally for that matter. But for a couple of, of these uh, resins, I uh, think of ABS and I think of polycarbonate uh, and PMMA, uh, there are a couple of medical uses that very much have been uh, front and center within the coronavirus pandemic and those that are producing these materials in, uh, for those for that medical industry, specifically for response to coronavirus, are seeing very heightened to um, exponential demand. When I think of polycarbonate, Polycarbonate is something, because of its uh, clear properties uh, and strength, being used in face shields and face masks. And we're seeing more and more in the medical community making use of these, and the orders for those have been coming left and right for that. Also is being used as a barrier, as a clear barrier uh, to separate people in this era of social distancing. That is also something that uh, polymethylmethacrylate, PMMA, is being used for PMMA, otherwise known as plexiglass, uh, you've seen those pop up, those barriers pop up in uh, grocery stores uh, across North America and across the world. Even seeing PMMA being used as, as something um, to be able to reopen casinos up. I've uh, seen they're using, the, they've got designs and they're actually installing at poker tables and slot machines and, and blackjack tables, PMMA, and I would assume also PC screens, barriers, be able to, to separate people and be able to reopen those types of businesses. And we expect that demand to continue to rise, not only as this goes on, but this be something that probably sticks with us as people now realize, even after the coronavirus, that the threat of epidemic or pandemic uh, is quite real. So 
within that, you're seeing, but those are small pieces of these engineered resins overall demand um, portfolio. And in fact, for example, ABS, about two thirds of ABS demand is in the electrics to electronics sectors. And that is not a sector that is faring very well right now. Again, a lot of the things within that are not necessarily things that you actually have to have. This is where the engineering resins very much are disadvantaged compared to the commodity resins like a polyethylene or polypropylene, which very much go into a lot of general purpose packaging and such. They're, they're cheap price and cheap cost producing that helps make that. The engineered resins very much um, go into a lot of consumer products that need strength that aren't simply just disposable. From that, you are seeing that their overall demand profile for, the, for those materials is very tepid to depressed right now. Uh, and we've seen pricing fall as a result of that. Now, these are also products that, from a North American perspective, we haven't uh, been seeing a lot of projects. In fact, we haven't seen any projects to expand capacity here. And most of that is because of the knock-on effect of the shale gas wave that has you know, been a boon for polyolefin production because, in particular, on polyethylene and, and polyvinyl chloride, the ethylene that you use to, to polymerize and make those plastics that ethylene comes from ethane, a small molecule that is that is cheaply obtained in the in in North America. And it's small molecule means that when it's cracked to make ethylene, it doesn't have many co-products that are of the larger size. It barely makes any propylene and it doesn't make any uh, basically of the aromatics such as benzene. And benzene's key to polycarbonate. It's key to the styrene that goes into ABS. It's a, it's it is key to making nylon. It's at the top of the chain for that. Polymethylmethacrylate does not really have that component, but it is far enough down the, its chemical chain that it's got a lot of it's got a lot of rungs above it. So it winds up not being a something that we have a lot of of a cost advantage on here. So where you wind up seeing a lot of the expansions and capacity for these engineered resins tends to be out of Asia, for example, where in China they have built a lot of plants, and in Asia proper they've built a lot of plants for these engineered resins. And in fact, it's that Asia product that winds up getting imported into North America that really kind of sets where the prices, price direction is. Because those imports tend to come in, they're produced at a cheaper cost, they come in at a cheaper price, and that will tend to drag down prices with it. So they wind up being in line with what, what Asia is doing. Asia material again, I mean, it's you know their production was offline. A lot of it was toward the first part of this year because of the shutdowns that occurred there for coronavirus. China is pretty much uh, back online right now, but you know it kinks in the in the supply chain that they're seeing now uh, is that you know they can produce all this resin and such, but the other parts of the world are under the shutdowns that they were on earlier. So that's not helping with alleviate any kind of oversupply situation, which we have right now because demand is not really there from the downstream. So there's kind of a, a misalignment right now in the supply chain, and that won't ever kind of get really kind of ironed out until we get everybody uh, back online and out from under the specter of the coronavirus and worried that uh, without a cure or without any kind of vaccine, that it's hard for us to truly open up our economies and, and function as we did as a society beforehand. So to really get the engineered resins, uh, you know, 
market's booming, um, you're going to need the consumer to come back. You're going to need them buying automobiles. You're going to need them buying uh, the gadgets. You're going to need to have them investing their money in something beyond the consumer staples that get them through the day-to-day right now. We don't see that right now because we don't have really a timeline for when the coronavirus stuff will end. Hopefully it will be soon. But whenever it does, there should be a pent-up demand there, provided that the that jobs return and people get able to get back to work and make the money to go out and invest in the in the products that are driven that drive engineered resin growth. Thanks very much for listening. Join us next time when we'll conclude this six-part podcast series with Jeremy talking about PET resin supply, demand, and pricing during COVID-19.